The Voodoo Prophecies and the Original Sinner, a novel by Chris Lunda. Prologue, The Power of a King, 10th Century Israel, Jerusalem. The rising sun shattered the horizon of a tranquil Jerusalem night. A shard of light shone in through the window of the palace and awoke the sleeping advisor. His master lay nearby in the magnificent royal chamber upon his grandiose bed awash in the finest silk and other precious fabrics of the region. All seemed too still this morning, however, and the most faithful attendant quietly arose and approached the ruler who lay there motionless, clutching the book which had served him so well throughout his reign. The true red dragon had allowed the king to amass great wealth in his time. The ancient Sumerian spells contained within its pages granted the monarch the power to control demons, enslaving them to servitude for the construction of the most glorious of temples ever conceived by man. Only months before, with no more use for the evil legions, and after a great struggle, the king had discharged from his land Osmodeus, the leader of those demons. He had cleansed his kingdom of a most atrocious evil, but upon doing so, had brought a great tribulation down upon himself. On the day that Osmodeus was released from his enslavement, he revealed his true form to the king, and the hideousness of that revelation forever scarred the spirit of the great ruler. Since that time, the king had insisted that Debir, his most trustworthy African mystical advisor, sleep there near him upon a bed lying only just across his chamber. The king was often so tortured by dreams of the demon that even though guards were posted at his door, he trusted no one more with his soul than the man who now stood above him looking down upon his bed. Debir placed his hand near the mouth of the great king and instantly knew that it was not sleep that commanded his body. The sovereign spirit was now resting with his father. The king was dead. Removing the king's signet ring that had been promised to him at such a time, and prying the great ruler's hand from the book, Dabir placed the king's arms by his side, silently gave notice to the gods, and then moved towards the huge chamber door. Opening the heavy, iron-clad cedar door, he instructed the guards to seek out Zabud, the high priest. Go now, and tell him it is urgent. Tell him the mighty one has fallen. Dabir then returned to the king's side, placed the book that lay upon the chest of his departed friend within his goatskin bag, and stood there quietly, until Zabud, who upon hearing the news had come at once, and hurriedly entered the room. The son of David has left this earth, Debir said quietly, still looking down upon the parish king.
Zabud looked only at the king briefly, and then turned to walk towards the alcove where the king kept his most precious books. There they rest upon the ornate shelving, the three books the king had secretly created himself. Zabud heard the king speak of these books at the court of priests, claiming to his religious advisors that they contained magical words that controlled demons and accumulated wealth. The priest turned away from the volumes and walked back towards the deceased king. A strange look of consolation draped his countenance as he asked the beard to leave the chamber in order that he might perform the rites of death. Dabir clutched his bag and left the chamber, confident in knowing that the three spurious books the king had created to distract his enemies would be of no consequence to the world. He would, however, take the most powerful book known to man, now in his possession, the true red dragon, back to his native lands in West Africa where it would be respected and secure, away from the evil hearts and greed of man, just as King Solomon had instructed him.